the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Oh, we always like to see people from the state of Ohio do well. But one did not do well last night. Uh, The pride of Massillon, Ohio. Lori Lightfoot, mayor of the city of Chicago, defeated. Yes, I know you're shocked that Lori Lightfoot is from Massillon. She is. Graduated from uh, Massillon Washington High School. Look it up. Well, she lost. What is her political career now? Well, she'll probably end up in Congress. But she's not going to be the mayor of Chicago anymore. No, she is not. Turns out people don't like it when their murder rate skyrockets, their uh, armed robbery rate skyrockets, and crime doubles like year over year over year since she's become mayor. Uh, so Lori Lightfoot is out, but who is in? Well, we don't know. There are two options. They will have an April 4th runoff in the city of Chicago. And they're both Democrats, of course. Uh, you cannot have any chance of winning in Chicago if you are not a Democrat. The guy who Lori Lightfoot perceived to be the biggest threat is a guy named Brandon Johnson. Uh, Brandon Johnson, um, well, he would be a worthy successor to Lori Lightfoot because he likes to play the race card. Lori Lightfoot, in losing, has played both the race card and the uh, sexual preference card. She said she's lost because she's black and because she's gay. Um, don't ask me why. Uh, the Being black would be a detriment to being mayor of Chicago, because I think Rahm Emanuel was black. Uh, I think Lori Lightfoot got elected. As far as I know, she wasn't uh, identifying as white when she got elected. Uh, wasn't Harold Washington the mayor of Chicago years ago? Wasn't he black? I think so. Yes. I know he's black. I think he was the mayor of Chicago. Uh, so anyway, uh, this Brandon Johnson character is uh, an interesting guy because he has been banging on Lori Lightfoot for her record on crime. But Brandon Johnson is a guy who um, wants to, or at least in the past has said, he wants to defund the police. Uh, I don't think that's going to be good for crime in Chicago. But as I look at the other candidate in Chicago, the guy who will oppose Brandon Johnson in the runoff, his name is Paul Vallis. Now, he's a Democrat, and it's always possible that someone could appear to be white and actually not be white. But Paul Vallis sure looks uh, looks white to me. Does he have a chance to win? Well, um, maybe his whiteness can be forgiven because he says things like this. I want to thank the voters of Chicago for making this campaign about the issues and nothing but the issues. Public safety is the fundamental right of every American. It is a civil right. We will make Chicago the safest city in America. Okay, so he's running on making the city safe. What is Brandon Johnson running on? 
Uh, he's running on intersectionality. Brandon Johnson says that no candidate for mayor has, quote, more of an incentive for the city of Chicago to work for black people than someone who is married to a black woman raising black children on the West Side. So we'll see if Brandon Johnson's blackness wins out over Paul Vallis's pledge to increase police and increase penalties for those who break the law. Uh, Lori Lightfoot, uh, I know, you're dying to hear from her one last time, are you not? In the end, you don't always win every battle, but you never regret taking on the powerful and bringing in the light. Oh, yeah, she brought so much light to Chicago. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> she might be, I don't know, this would be, is she the worst? She might be the worst local politician in America. I mean, I know that's a horse race between all Democrats, of course. Uh, but speaking of national politicians, Merrick Garland is your attorney general. I know it's not a comforting thought. He was in front of Congress today talking about a variety of subjects. Uh, including fentanyl. Now, yesterday I played for you the searing testimony of the woman from Michigan who lost two sons to fentanyl overdose. It wasn't fentanyl poisoning because the pills that they were taking were supposed to be Percocet. And they were not Percocet at all. They were not even remotely Percocet. They were all fentanyl. So Merrick Garland is in front of Congress today, and Lindsey Graham is questioning him about fentanyl. Fentanyl deaths uh, are more than gun and accident deaths combined in the United States. Did you know that? Yes, sir. I mean, this is, how would you describe the fentanyl problem in America? It's a horrible epidemic, uh, but it's an epidemic that's been unleashed on purpose by the Sinaloa um, and the new generation Jalisco cartels. Let's just stop and absorb that for a moment. It's a horrible epidemic. It kills more people than car wrecks and gun violence combined. And the question is, what are we going to do about it? Uh, under current law, fentanyl loses its Schedule One status by the end of the year. You oppose that, I, I assume. I certainly do. Fentanyl, all fentanyl-related um, um, drugs should be scheduled. These support mandatory scheduled. minimums for people dealing in fentanyl. I think we already have mandatory minimums for people. Do you think this should be increased? Um, I, I think we are, we have more than enough um, ability now to uh, attack this problem. Okay, if you want to know what a Schedule One drug is, a Schedule One drug is basically a drug that has no purpose, a drug that has no currently acceptable medical use, and a high potential for abuse. So that is perhaps surprising to people who thought fentanyl was supposed to be the uh, be all and end all of painkillers. That's what we were sold. On, but now they know that the potential benefits of fentanyl as a pain medication are far exceeded, far exceeded by its addictive traits and the fact that it can be abused and the fact that it's killing more people than guns and car accidents combined is crazy. Now, I mentioned that Michigan mom from, I think it's, I forget the town, but her two sons, two adopted sons, became addicted to fentanyl and then overdosed on what were not... Well, here, I'll let her make the point. As it was raised to her this morning on Fox and Friends uh, by Brian Kilmeade that a lot of young kids die because these pills are, quote-unquote, 
laced with fentanyl. I don't even use the term laced because there was no Percocet in it. It was all fentanyl. My son, Kyler, had four times, sorry, five times the amount that was enough to kill him. I mean, these are murder pills. It's not laced. It, they're just murder pills. Now, that is a very, very powerful way to phrase it. They are murder pills. And the Chinese entities that are producing these pills, as she notes, are very, very, very skilled at it. The presses that are coming from China are able to replicate pills to look exactly like the real thing. This is why I've told my girls, this is why I've said on this show, this is why I would highly recommend to you that you tell your loved ones, never take a pill that you do not see come out of a bottle prescribed by a physician or that you do not see come out of a package that has, as you watch it, has the safety seal broken. And that may be, even be dangerous because I don't put anything past these cartels. Why are we not declaring war on these cartels? Why aren't we not classifying them as terrorist organizations? Uh, here's one other snippet from the Lindsey Graham-Merrick Garland conversation where you go, wow, you know, you've portrayed Merrick Garland as kind of a bad guy, Bruce. He sounded like a pretty good guy right there. Well, there's Lindsey Graham asking him another question that will expose Merrick Garland's devotion to lunacy. When it comes to federal prisons, are you aware that 1,200 prisoners are requesting to be sent from a male prison to a female prison? Uh, I'm not, no. Okay. Uh, What is our policy when it comes to allowing a male prisoner to be transitioned into a female prison? I think if you're generally asking the question of how... um, Uh, Trans people are dealt with in the Bureau of Prisons. My understanding um, is that these are uh, determinations about um, uh, where they're placed or where people are placed in general have to do with individualized determinations regarding the security of that individual um, and the management of the prison. These are done on a case-by-case basis. That's my understanding. Are you... Notice that Lindsey Graham asked him about men requesting being transferred to a woman's prison. Well, we heard incessantly about the January 6th insurrection, insurrection, insurrection. We even had primetime hearings about it. Well, they had hearings last night on Capitol Hill, only this time the Republicans were in charge. And it was not about January the 6th. It was about China and what needs to be done about China. The fentanyl crisis in America that, again, kills more people than are murdered or that die in car accidents, those two numbers of people combined. Fentanyl kills more people in our country each year than die from shootings or from car accidents. Wow. Well, those pills come from China, and China loves to send those pills across the border via the Sinaloa drug cartel and other drug cartels. And, oh, well, if American kids die, so much the better. It's China's perspective because it brings all kinds of issues to bear. we got to spend money on drug rehab. We, just from a loss of young life perspective, a society can't survive if its youthful population is cut down just as it is embarking upon the prime of its life. 
So a lot of conversation about China. And Joe Biden has said many times, oh, China, they're not an enemy. They're a competitor. They're a competitor. Uh, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, who very well might be running against Joe Biden for president in 2024, begs to differ. What China's Chinese government's role is, is to dominate the world and to do it at the expense of the United States. And we're seeing bipartisan support for that view. But unfortunately, the Democrats tend to pull up short, right? When it gets difficult, then they compromise. And we have to have unity on this point. Even Chuck Schumer said it the other day. That's big stop number one, is that this is not a friendly rivalry. This is, is in fact, a race to win the future of the globe. And China's trying to do it at the expense of the United States. What that means is that we cannot be weak. And what the Biden administration has been at every step along the way with China is weak. Well, certainly on COVID, they're very weak. I mean, you've got spokespeople for the president who continue to contend at the podium at the White House that, ah, there's no consensus. No consensus on COVID. I mean, eh. the oddity of the whole embrace by Democrats of Anything other than the logical conclusion that COVID emerged from a mistake in a lab, and I'm putting the best spin on it. Maybe it was a bioweapon. I don't know. You're never going to get Democrats to agree to that. But they can't even agree that it escaped from a lab. In fact, they go so far as, remember the reason why you couldn't embrace the lab theory? Was because it was racist, right? It was anti-Asian hate. Donald Trump, orange man bad, all that. Is that really racist? To say it escaped from a lab, or is it racist to embrace the narrative that Democrats continue to embrace, which is it escaped from a wet market where people eat bats? Like, that seems a little more racist to me to say, oh, it's, you know, it's those Chinese people who eat bats. Like, that's kind of labeling Chinese people as strange enough to eat bats, which they do. How is it racist that it escaped from a lab? How is that racist? I mean, things is theoretically something could escape from a lab here. Lab mistakes happen, right? Here's the other part of the whole embrace of the wet market theory at the expense of the lab theory that I don't understand. Why is it partisan at all? We had 7 million people die worldwide from COVID. Why does getting to the origins of COVID, why does it even need to be political? Why is it that whatever Trump said cannot possibly be considered? Trump is racist. Therefore, everything Trump says must be racist. And we're going to say, no, it didn't come from a lab. Just from a, oops, dropped a test tube, oops, A germ got on my sleeve and I went outside. Whoops, I inhaled it. I got sick. I sneezed on somebody at the coffee shop. That's racist. But eating a bat is not racist. (laughs) It's just, again, we're trying to make sense of an issue that has no logic to it because Democrats don't argue logically because to argue logically, you have to argue from a position of truth and Democrats don't argue from a position of truth. They argue from feelings or from ideology. Now, this continues to have ramifications for us here, not only because maybe you were deprived of the opportunity to be with your loved one when they were dying because, oh, 
COVID. Even now, even now, as our FBI says COVID was caused by a lab leak, even now as our energy department, and by the way, I dug into that a little bit. It's not just the energy department. It's like some super, super secret bioscience part of the energy department. So they're very skilled in this. But this touches me a little bit. My daughter over the past weekend was in her school musical. And she told me the other day, she's like, I've been nominated for, my performance is nominated for this prize throughout all, there's this organization in Columbus that goes around all the musicals and they pick certain aspects of the musicals. This was best here, this was best here, whatever. And the grand prize is a trip to Juilliard in New York City. And she said, but I can't enter. I'm like, why can't you enter? Because I I couldn't go to Juilliard if I won. I'm like, why couldn't you go to Juilliard if you won? We'll figure out a way to pay for it. She's like, no, no, I'm not vaccinated. And I said, no, but New York dropped their vaccine mandate. And she said, yeah, but Juilliard didn't. On the conference call for the kids who were nominated, they had to swear that they're eligible to go by saying they're vaccinated. So this is the lunacy of COVID and our continual embrace of things that make no sense at all. Woody Harrelson on Saturday Night Live mocked the whole reaction to COVID. And he doubled down in an interview with the New York Times. Woody Harrelson has a new movie coming out. It looks like a pretty good movie. It's a movie where he's a basketball coach and he gets fired and he has to start dealing with adult developmentally disabled people playing basketball. And he said, the movie business is what he told the New York Times. The movie business has obviously changed. Movies that go into theaters, people want to see action. Marvel or the Tom Cruise thing, which doesn't necessarily bode well for a movie like Champions. That's his movie. But I'm hopeful people go to see it. I've been lucky. I was glad to do it. My heart is more with movies like this and the independent films. Now, how do you get an independent film done, especially with all the COVID protocols, which to me are rather absurd? I don't know what's going to happen. So then the Times said, what do you mean by absurd? And he said, it's all nonsense. It's not fair to the crews. I don't have to wear a mask. Why do they? Why should they have to be vaccinated? How's that not up to the individual? I shouldn't even be talking about this stuff. He said, this makes me angry for the crew, the anarchist part of me. I don't feel like we should have forced testing, forced masking, and forced vaccination. That's not a free country. I'm talking about the crew because I can get out of wearing a mask. I can test less. I'm not in the same position they're in, but it's wrong. It's three years. Stop. Yeah, if only. If only we could stop the nonsense. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.